Porn Stars of People podcast. I'm Dan Freelad. I'm here with Felicity Feline. Hello. How are you? Thank you for coming in and, uh, and doing this episode. Yeah, no problem. Um, we're, in the, we're in the hallway of Avian at the Hard Rock. We've got some lingers. The quietest place I've found so <laughs> far. But yeah, there was, that was an interesting <laughs> moment <laughs> of a man with uh, signatures on his shirt. Um, who looked? He was like deciding if he wanted to like steal my stuff. It was like it was like a, there was like a second where he was like, "I'll just take this bag." <laughs> I know. I've seen a couple of people like that so far. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very interesting town, uh, Vegas. So you said you have uh, somewhat of a, of a of a life in Vegas, somewhat of a life in L.A. Yeah, I um, pretty much split my time between the two. These are the these are the places to be when you're in this industry. What do you let's let's say you weren't in porn? Would you live in either of those places? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. I lived in San Diego before okay, I lived nice. in LA. Yeah, same culture. Yeah, it was it was a little slower, definitely slow paced. And as you know, coming from New York, yeah, uh, originally it's I get a little bit bored, static. So yeah. I found myself coming up to LA a lot, and then I realized I should just be in LA and, yeah. and visit San Diego. What is the Vegas pace compared to New York and LA? Faster or slower? It's. I'd say slower, but it's it's just different. I guess because I spend more on the outskirts yeah. in Henderson. Yeah. I can kind of pick and choose when I want to go into the city. Right. Which is what I like. Yeah. You know, just because I'm not necessarily a city dweller. I yeah. just I like to go there and do what I have to do. do thing, but then, and then go home. I like to escape and have peace and quiet. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, because I grew out in the sticks on Long Island, like okay. way out east. And yeah. Surrounded by beaches and woods. Suburbs, and whoop, whoop. Yeah. I need yeah. nature. I need yeah, space. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, you know what, I didn't, I did, what did I do? I was here a couple years ago, and I went to, like, where Hoover Dam is, like, uh, and I played a show at, what is it, Boulder City, Nevada. Okay. And that's really cool, but I've never, in my head, I'm always like, oh, I should, like, hike or, like, go mountain climbing. Is that, a, I mean, is that, a, is that a real possibility here in Vegas? Yeah, there's a lot of spots out here. Uh, nice. In the Arizona, uh, Nevada border, yeah. there's a, a ton of places. Uh, there's this one hike called Gold Mine okay. Strike. Yeah, uh, it's beautiful and it leads you down to uh, this this river, and uh, it's just it's a nice hike. I've found a lot of places to hike. Nice, out here. yeah. It makes me so when y- whenever you're like in like a I don't know a climate that you're not used to, like in my head there's just more wild things. Yeah. In Nevada, like I'm like oh like dude if I like in my head I theoretically know not that I'm going to be good at this but like I theoretically know what to do if I see a black bear because I'm from. You know the Northeast. Yeah. But like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do if I see a fox, if I see like a, a mountain coyote, lion. a mountain That's lion. That's what you should be most concerned yeah. about. Like someone died recently. Really? Someone, yeah. In uh, in California. I like to think that that if that if someone died a mountain lion like recently, then um, the chances that I die of a mountain lion today are less. I like to. M- that's how I play the odds. I think since so. Since we're in Vegas. Well, because honestly, they don't really want to be around humans anyway. Because right. we're we're. We're preventing them from catching prey. Yeah. So, you know, like when humans are in areas, there's going to be less animals for them to hunt. Yeah, we fuck everything so up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, but it's just the desert out here versus yeah. the landscape in our um, in California is more diverse. Yeah. You know, well, California is beautiful. The LA is beautiful. There's, you know, there's all the stuff. There's, it's like it's a city built around the the ocean and nature and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, That's primarily why I like living there. Yeah. And it's always and it's just always nice. It's yeah. just always like our ideas in the Northeast of what we thought summer was was far different. It was like in summer we were like, oh, summer's great. You just you sweat all the time. Yeah. You have to change your clothes multiple times a day, and it's 100 percent humidity. Yeah, it kills me. I'm really not about 
humidity. I like dry heat. Yeah. As soon as as soon as you leave New York and find like I was in South Africa and it's just it's this it's this sixty five degrees sort of like all the time, summer, winter. Like they were talking about how it gets cold in winter and I never tell and they were telling me in Celsius and I'm like doing the math and it's like, no, like what they are calling cold is like our fall, you know, and it's like it sounds perfect. But uh, I don't know. I don't, but New York is just this is like right now it's uh, I think it's like it's like negative. There's negative temperatures all the last couple of weeks. And, and yeah, I, my family over. was telling me it it's been nuts. I was there for Christmas and fortunately it wasn't too cold. But yeah. I'm even though I'm from there, I'm such a pussy. with. Nobody cold. gets used to cold. That's yeah. what people try to say to you. They're like, oh, you're from there. You're used to it. I just hate layers. Yeah. I like wearing minimal clothing. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just. It's not my thing. Yeah. Well, you picked the right places. So uh, how many AVNs have you been to? What am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to know about? Well, I've been to about four of them. Yeah. I've been in the industry for about four or five years, but I took breaks on and yeah, off sure, for a sure. long time, you know, because um, I think Sanity. I said via email, you know, yeah. porn is just kind of a job. For me. Yeah, it's of course. a small part of what I do. I mean, yeah. I'd say music and uh, nutrition and yoga and more promo work is, sure. is more what I like to well, do. Well, let's talk about that. You know, but porn's been a good job. It's been a really good platform yeah. for building a brand. Sure, sure. You know, and being able to reach more people because so many people watch porn. Yeah. You know, many of them don't want to admit it, but then you come to a place like AVN and people gather just to yeah. observe and it's it's a crazy culture. Like I thought you said you didn't watch porn. You're like, nah, it's just, you know, uh, it's fun. Um, That's the old Playboy, I read the articles thing. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the name of your podcast, Porn Stars, Porn Stars are, people are People, too, and yeah. it, someone's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, we're just entertainers. So yeah. I just consider myself a, you know, a, a, an entertainer of different sorts. Yeah. You know? I, f I do find that people in this industry, um, I, I, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing that we're accessing um, that, that I think normal people in the suburbs, in Iowa, in wherever, are not accessing, which is like people's industry are able to uh, communicate on a level that is making people understand what types of things that they like sexually. And they're getting them from porn. And they might not be getting them at home. And it's like, you know, uh, I advocate for being able to talk to your people about what you want if you like a thing that's whatever, maybe it's a fetish, whatever. But the, the progression of sexuality throughout your life is crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, these people have this, this same sex for years and people are getting divorced everywhere. And it's like, it's because we're not accessing the sexuality that, we're that, you know, that, that we should be able to talk about and that we should be open about. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, that's actually one really positive thing that has been a outcome with porn. I've yeah. learned a lot about myself sexually as far as knowing what I like, yeah, knowing sure. what I don't like. Yeah. You know, and the fact that I'm able to kind of express it in a safe environment yeah, with people that are tested and right. getting paid for and it. And there's an agreement. Yes. This is the interesting part. The agreement ahead of time. Yeah. And say, if I'm not comfortable with something, right. all I got to do is stop and say something. Right. You Whereas know, on like the streets, just like, you know, just out here in the world, you have to like, you know, as a man, you have to just try stuff if you don't want to talk about it. And then as a girl, you have to like be prepared that he might be trying shit on you. Yeah. So there's just something to, there's something about the way, um, the whole process happens that I think is just healthier than, than, yeah. than what's happening 
on the streets. Exactly. But I'm going to play devil's advocate Please. for a second because a lot of times I've noticed people often get addicted to porn. Sure. And instead of communicating through their partner and, and saying, oh, you know, maybe we should try this, they don't. I think this is a real concern. It is. It totally is because I honestly don't really watch porn yeah. very much. I never really did. You don't have to. No, it's just it's not really my thing. And you get and you can have what you want in your real life. So, like, you don't have to have this thing that you're uh, closed off about. Yeah. Because you can communicate. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very open person. I mean, I wouldn't be. Right. If, uh, if you know, I wouldn't do porn if I wasn't. Right. But, um, it's just, uh, I think maybe sometimes people are embarrassed to admit some yeah. things that they may be into. And right. So well, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a cross between, it's like, uh, I don't know if I should be feeling this way, and I don't know if my partner's going to feel this way. Yeah. And then, you know, your partner might look at you differently if, you know, so you want to Fuck try. Yeah, or try something fetish-wise, right. you know, and. I've learned throughout the years to never judge. You know, I really am the most non-judgmental person yeah. ever because just everyone's different. Everyone yeah. gets off to different things, and including myself, you yeah. know. But um, certain fetishes, like, they develop just psychologically for different reasons. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's better to, to explore it and understand why you have those fetishes versus to not right, exactly. explore it. And it builds up, and right. then it becomes tension. Right. Well, that's what happens. It's the buildup, right? So, like, wh I, I approached having an open relationship with somebody earlier this year. It wasn't about whether or not we're fucking other people. But we, 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 we both understood as 20- and 30-year-olds that, like, we're surrounded in New York City by people that want to fuck us. You know what I mean? And, and maybe we want to fuck them. And if we can come to each other and say, hey, listen, this is a guy at work. He's like been looking at me, and then I go, well, let's talk about it, as opposed to her just holding that inside. The longer she holds it inside is the more she's going to fuck this guy in the closet randomly because mm -hmm. it's, like, become um, forbidden, you yeah. know? And so we, 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 f we, we make something forbidden, and then for some reason now it's, it's like our whole obsession. Yeah. And if you just talked about it, maybe it could have been a passing phase. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Or, or people lie about it. Right, right, you know. right. Because they they just keep trying to push it further. And you, the thing is, you can't push it down. The further you push it down, the more it grows. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I totally support monogamy. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all about that. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. are into that. But realistically, think of it. You know, there's there's so many people in this world, and just over the years, how society's it's kind of changed. Yeah. And it's, it's not, not you a know, thing in nature, though. Either that's the other problem. Yeah. You know, it's just. I think some people, especially some women, they have trouble like, yeah. seeing their partner with someone else. Yeah. But um, it's kind of just about attachment. And if We're you realize you well can have an emotional attachment with yeah. someone but separate the physical. Well, it's a possession thing. Yeah. And it's like this is uh, this is only special if I only feel it with this person. And, and, and I, you know, and like you're saying, I think uh, we got to learn to understand that that's not that's not what makes it special. Yeah. Totally. And having a connection with somebody doesn't mean that they can't have a different connection with a different person. Yeah. Though, I'm going to play devil's advocate again. I mean, when yeah. I was shooting porn, I've been single the yeah. entire time. Yeah. You know, I actually, like, prevented myself from sure. getting into a serious For relationship because complexity. I didn't. Yeah. And it's just, I didn't really want to hurt someone. Right. And because and a lot of. People will say it's cool, but you know. It's yeah. Happen, but yeah. then, like, you know, you're with your boyfriend and out with your friends and, you know, your friends his friends recognize you right and they've seen you get railed out on the internet right the guy may not say it out loud that it bothers him it but starts, deep inside yeah. it might you it know and going, yeah. so sometimes that makes relationships a little bit complex and i mean i'm i'm a loner anyway i spend yeah. most of my time alone and it's just uh 
it's it's just complicated. Well, I think that's an important thing too, and I think that that plays into the monogamy thing and a lot of other things. Is, is, is a lot of people that I know that have been in relationships for long periods of time are not enjoying themselves and their time alone. Like I, I'm a big uh, like go to the coffee shop alone. I'm writing in my notebook. I go to the movies alone because I don't want to fucking have somebody asking me why they're walking into the bedroom. Like I don't know either. Let me watch the movie. You know what I mean? So I do all these things alone. And, and in my twenties, it was like. It was awkward to people, and they didn't really understand why I would go to dinner by myself. But there's just, I think a, a lot of us don't access ourselves and really know ourselves and, and spend any time alone. So it's like you'll be in a relationship with somebody, and you could, and they're starting to like schedule their time. If you're gone, they'll just start scheduling their time when you're not around. And you're like, when are you going to just be alone and be with yourself? And like, I think we're all, I think some of us are afraid to be alone in a room with ourselves. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, I've come across this a lot, not just from porn, but just in general, how people are. And a lot of times people will just settle in a relationship sure. that they're not even really happy with just because they're, you know, comfortable and they're with someone. And they're looking at this clock of if it doesn't happen now, when's it going to happen? Yeah. I don't want to be alone forever. Exactly. You know, and they'd rather be with someone instead of taking a risk that they're alone and they might not find someone. But I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoy my time alone. Yeah. That's when I get to grow as right. a person. I mean, I have a really strong self-sense of identity. I know who I am. I love myself yeah. just because I've gotten so comfortable with and who I am. And you've had to figure it out. We, we don't know, especially growing up and whatnot, we don't know who we are. It takes, like, an actual amount of work and time and, like, um, thought process to, like, really figure out who we are, what we're capable of. And I think a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. No, exactly. Um you know, a lot of people, too, they, they identify themselves through other people. Right. You know, like they base their own identity right. through relationships that they have in their life. Right. We've all been in the thing where all of a sudden our partner's now crazy into sushi because that's what we're eating. Or what yeah. You know what I mean? Though, I'm selective about the relationships I get into, sure. whether it's sexual, friendship, mentor, whatever, business. Um just because time is valuable. Yeah. You know, let's face it. And I'm not saying that in a pretentious way. It's just that how I choose to spend my time is really important just because I have a lot of different interests. And time management is probably the most significant thing that I've really had to focus on the past few years, yeah. like in order to reach success. Sure. You know, I have to prioritize what I do. And um, that plays into relationships, too. I mean, who I spend my time with, that has a huge influence right. on my life. Right. You know, if I spend time with people that aren't motivated or are doing drugs and just partying every night, that's going to rub off on you sure. in a way, like, sure. you know, whether it's physically or psychologically. And so I feel bad sometimes, you know, kind of cutting certain people out of my life. But working in different entertainment industries, I really kind of learned who are toxic people and You're who right. are beneficial, you know, and porn especially. It's yeah. just... I'm not trying to criticize it. There's well, a lot and of it's good not people even in about it, and it's not even about them uh, as much it is, as it is about you. As far as like some people can thrive in that environment, right? Yeah. They can thrive in the drug, whatever that whole thing. But it doesn't work for you. So it's like you know whether whether it's toxic, you know, it's like the neg it doesn't have to be negative. It's just the fact like yeah, it's a different thing. I do this thing, 
my thing, you know, well, my thing is like I can't like when I'm traveling all over the country, like I, like I need a I need a coffee, I need like a little sp- safe space, and like, like you know, like that kind of thing, and that's how I thrive. Yeah. Whereas, you know, yeah, for him it might be cocaine. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I don't judge, you know, because like <laughs> right. don't get me wrong, I've spent plenty of time experimenting and yeah, having yeah, fun, yeah. but I also really care about my health, and yeah. I know that I need to be at an optimal level of right. health in order to do the things I want to do, and I'm constantly surrounded by people. Yeah. You know, I mean, I consider myself chameleon yeah you know just because working in different industries sure. having to deal with people all the time and um i spent a good chunk of my adulthood doing sales yes so in order to do that it's and all psychological still. Yeah. yeah i'm still yeah, yeah, selling yeah. myself essentially. Right. but um you know i just kind of had to realize how to work with different people and play off things that yeah. they do and um yeah so that being said say like you know in dj world you yeah. know, late nights, people partying, sure. dancing. Like I can adapt to that environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or say like if if I'm stripping, I'm at a strip club. Yeah. That environment itself is not very healthy. Right. But in order to, I kind of look at it as you have to take a positive and a negative. And if you put it together, like say you have a positive mindset and realize yeah. that this can be beneficial towards you, but it's sort of a negative environment right. in your mind. Yeah. If you just kind of power through it and make the best of it, you'll reach a neutral state and you can control only the things that you can control. Yeah. And it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, so in comedy, same, same notion. We're in, we're in seedy places a lot of times. Like it's not, Oh, it's never a perfect environment. It's never a thing. And there's only so many things I can control. Right. I can't control who goes on stage before me, after me. I can't control whether or not this, the crowd is, 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 um, rowdy. I can't control whether or not the security is even going to stop the a person from yelling out or whatever. But what I can control is my show, my thing, how long I'm in that environment. And, you know, and then that, and then these are the things that we, you know, uh, hold dear. And we, so you go, look, uh, you know, like the, 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 the drinking after the show is a th- big thing for a lot of comedians. And for me, that's not a thing. So show ends, say hi to the people and get the fuck out of there. Yeah, exactly. And keep yourself sane. And it's your your mindset. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I really respect comedians. That's actually a big reason why when you reached out, I was totally open to the idea of being on a podcast. Nice. Just because personally, I could never be a comedian. Right. I, I don't have the ability to just deliver jokes in that type of way yeah i mean i consider i have like a decent sense of humor but i just don't have the ability to do that people say that a lot this is, i don't i i don't know why i'm feeling the need to respond to it but what i found because i was in south africa and i met a ton of comedians and so what happened was it became very very clear that the people that do comedy have just this other thing and it's not it's not a it's not, it's not good or bad it's just like we have an, we feel once once you start doing comedy and you get on stage and you hear those laughs for the first time the people that stay in comedy the people that feel this obligation to make things funny and make things accessible to people and the longer you're in the business the the heavier the topics you want to get into and and this is thing so it's it's almost Comedians like we like to call it like a bug. It's like it's almost it's more of a sickness than it is an ability because we now know that this is the only thing that matters really, mm-hmm. and so that becomes the life. And comedians sometimes are are not even that easy to talk to off stage. Yeah, but on stage they're fucking brilliant. Yeah, Oops, there's something I about it. Kind of like a tortured clown, you know? Right? What I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. I, mean, sure. I, I imagine it. Um, like for instance. Uh, you get like a high off of it, right? You know, and you just love to entertain right. people, which is why people in our industries, you know, get stuck in things and then drugs. Is as you get off stage as a comedian, there's never going to be as good of a feeling as being on stage. So then you have to fucking live the rest of the day. And so they go to they got a heroin. They go to you know it's like because you're yeah. trying to catch this thing. 
that's like being on stage and there's nothing like it. Yeah, two things I can compare that to. Um, playing drums my whole life, you know, playing on stage, live music, yeah. having people get Ooh. into it, seeing them be entertained, yeah. getting into the music. That, to me, is the absolute best fucking feeling Oh, in the my world. God. The first mm, yes. time we had a live band behind us to go when we were going to do comedy... It was like it was so fucking. Mo- it was powerful and moving. Like they play. Like they're like, "What song do you want?" And he picked a song and they fucking played us onto the song and the band was on. I mean, there's nothing like it. It's fucking beautiful. And there's the showmanship of being a musician is unreal. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm, I'm constantly reading um, autobiographies yeah. by different musicians just yeah. because all of them, pretty much, hit that same nail right. on the head. You right. know, as far as. A lot of them get into their drugs. I'm not on stage. What do I do now? Yeah, exactly. You know, and fortunately, uh, I don't consider myself to have an addictive personality. Yeah. So I don't really have that uh, that desire to get into that drug friends. You know, I understand why people do. But, um, you know, it's just people are trying to chase that high. Right, right. Um, actually, relative to what we're talking about, I watched uh, a documentary recently about Chris Farley. Yes. Did you see that? The I am Farley. Yeah. Yes, I saw this. I know. It's it been a, it's been a, it's been a minute, so I, I might not be right on right on uh, in tune with your points, but, but but carry on. Yeah, I mean, just growing up, um, Chris Farley was one of my family's favorite right. comedians. It brought families together. Yeah, I mean, we had the best of him on SNL yeah. and and, Bl- you know. and uh, uh, um, uh, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Yeah. Yeah, but it was just, it was a really insightful documentary. It was very sad. Yeah. Just because you see the whole background of him and right. how he developed into what he is. But right. But he was such a loving and expressive person. Yeah. And com- comedian, I mean, being a comedian was his outlet. Right. And I was able, to, his ability to get that out. But when he would get off stage, he still had all this energy that right. he wanted to get out, and he just put it into drugs. Right, and so yeah, so you have a cho- you have a choice as a comedian. You can you can you can you can meet the audience in the you know in the bar and continue to do the thing, and then you know then you end up maybe you know getting into too much alcohol and those sorts of things. Or it's like uh, Steve Martin used to do this thing, and and and, and this is th- when I found this out, it was interesting because this is how I feel. Steve Martin would get off stage at uh, Madison Square Garden, and he would feel so alone that he started doing these after parties. So he would like rent a like a banquet hall next door that like it fit thousands of people and he would tell the crowd at Madison Square Garden uh, after the show we're going to be at such and such a place come by drinks on me the whole thing he basically rented out a thing so that the show didn't have to end because you get off stage and you get this fucking high yeah. And then you go to your hotel room and like you just want the audience to be in the room with you. I, I, it's not, I, I don't know how to otherwise describe it. You want these people to still be around. Yeah. It's something um, and it's, it's just hard to come off of those two things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could compare it to. Uh, yeah, you were going to say you said, you said being a musician and then there was a second one you wanted to. Well, I was I was going to talk about the whole the Chris Farley, the thing, Farley you thing. know, yeah. just because uh, it was really relevant. Yeah. Um, in that documentary, you know, it's just. He was the type of person too that, even off stage, yeah. he loved to make people laugh. Oh, he was and a fucking clown. He's he was great. You know, I mean, that's essentially what I really enjoyed doing. Like, you know, when I say like I consider myself a, a well-rounded entertainer, it's just because I really like to make people feel good. I, yeah. I like to entertain them, and so when I had the option to get into porn and to adult work, it just it seemed natural because, um, even though I was a bit of a tomboy growing up. As I got older and I became really sexually expressive, I just enjoyed, you know, giving my love and energy to people. Yeah. And 
porn allows me to do that and not just limit it to one person, you know? I mean, though, I'd, I'd like to be in a monogamous, normal relationship. And uh, and currently you're... Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of doing my thing, yeah. you know? And it's just, it, it's hard because I'm so busy and yeah. it's just, uh, I, I hustle, you it know? Bec- it becomes, a, yeah, it becomes a, a problem of, like you said, like time and logistics, really. And we we go, we do this thing in relationships, and this is like a common thing that I think other people experience. So then they try to bring it to you, which is like we we spend all this time. If you live near somebody, where you're just kind of like you're in the same room, but you're not really like having quality time. Like you know you have like you come over in New York. The big thing was like you come over after you're done with work, and then you just come over to the house. You have to work. You just watch TV together, and you go to bed, and you're like that's not that's not quality time at all. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's just like a waste. I I see it in a relationship. You you the two people should be partners. They should be best friends. They should be adventure buddies. And if that's not there, if you're not on the same wavelength mentally, and you're able to communicate clearly and just feel completely comfortable around that person, you know, in in a way, a way is a big one. Yeah, but like you know, you can literally sit next to them and you're not thinking about what to say. Right, like you're just there. You're present. And I could tell easily, like when I, you know, in the past, like when people have invited me over their house to hang out and you know it's usually just they want to have sex yeah. or something well, but it's a dude move yeah yeah and it's just like you can feel this sort of tension when you know it's you're not completely there yeah. like you're thinking oh what what do you sh- what do you say next right, or right. i mean i'm pretty talkative and i can naturally sort of adapt to any situation like i said from doing sales sure. and being able to approach people but I can still feel it when it's not ne- necessarily right. a natural connection. Like, a I have mesh. to force it a little bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would never settle for that in a yeah. relationship. I would rather be alone than right. than be with someone like that, you know, just for the sake of being around someone. Yeah. No. Now, that's the other thing. So th- this is the thing that I find uh, is interesting about your industry especially. So, like, one of the major needs for people in a relationship is to – cultivate sex to be able to have sex you know we all need to have sex and we need to have sex at a somewhat regular interval so we don't go nuts so uh in your industry you get to have sex outside of a relationship so you get to cultivate i think whereas like the guy who's the accountant doesn't have any time like all he so then it because the, the, the relationship becomes an obsession with the sex because he has to get the fucking demons out and so then you you start to lose that quality uh, you start to lose the part where the, there's actually like a concern. And it seems like in the open market, especially in New York City with these fucking bankers and all these people, that becomes the thing. It's just how do I, what's the fastest way I can get to sex and not have to actually conduct an actual relationship? Yeah. Well, it's sad too because a lot of times in relationships, they're like I've, a lot of my friends, even that have gotten married, yeah. you know, th- or after a few years, the sex kind of fizzles out right or it dwindles just because they've gotten so comfortable with each other and i I feel like that's a really important aspect of keeping a relationship alive i mean if you can't satisfy each other sexually anymore that's going to pose a problem yeah you can't deny that you can't hide that fact and that's why you know sex is a release and whoever i'm with like i i really enjoy just sexually making them feel good because i know that that's a really important aspect of the relationship especially for a man right more so than a woman sometimes just because men they have higher testosterone biologically they're meant to reproduce fucking brutes yeah you know like they're meant to spread their seed cavemen yeah exactly (laughs) you know women not necessarily might have that same impulse i mean 
I consider the, myself sexual and a lot of women I know yeah, really sexual, but yeah. It's just biologically, we're not designed the same way as men. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna bash someone's head in because you didn't get to come today, which a lot of us f- men feel that way. Yeah, and then you know it builds up, and that's why a lot of them look to porn. Yeah. So, in some ways, I consider you know, in a way, I've been helping people. Yeah. With with doing porn because I'm allowing them to see something that is satisfying their fantasies that they may not be getting in their real right. lives. But there has to be a healthy balance. Yeah, it's bittersweet because 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 that is the, the, there is that there is that person that's in the that's in the fucking garage room with the door locked who isn't just talking to his wife. Yeah, exactly. You know, about and, and the situation they became they they become some people become so fixated on what they see in porn. Yeah, that they want that in their real life, right. and it's not going to happen right. because in reality, porn is is staged. It's yeah. We have makeup on. Right. We're, we're on a set. Right. It's being filmed. We're told to get in certain positions or do certain right. things. I mean, and it's all agreed on ahead of time. Whereas if you're having good, true sex, it's uh, it's a dance. You know, it's a it's an organic situation where one thing turns into the next thing. We don't know what the next move's going to be, and it's uh, and there's something beautiful about the fact that it is organic. Yeah, exactly. And in all honesty, I mean from shooting porn for a few years and everything, I uh, kind of come to realize that it's it's not really that satisfying. It's not know? satisfying. No. Yeah. No. I mean... Like you said, it's a job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of times it's with someone that you don't know anything about. Right. And you just kind of show up and yeah. you're expected to deliver a to performance. To do the thing, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of nothing compared to an organic situation of where course. two people are into each other right. and there's that vibe and, and like fucking passion yeah exactly fucking passion and that's what really gets me off yeah you know but porn in a way is just another form of acting yeah too. for sure you have to have the ability to wa- uh, to ad- to adapt and yeah. act and i think that's what separates a lot of the the best performers yeah yeah you know even if sure. you're not totally into it you have to make it look like you're into right. it right yeah 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 that's you know? the whole thing is cuz the person's trying to wherever they put themselves in that situation whether whether they the person watching is is even in their head they're the outsider and they're watching and it's creepy and they like that uh, rush or or they're making themselves the the stunt cock in the thing you know what i mean they they still want both all of the people involved to be want to want to be there yeah I mean, th- I think this is where a lot of like divorces start. Is like, is like, you know, like they're, they're having the sex and they're like, it's not, you're not even here. Who yeah. are you thinking about right now? You exactly, know, it becomes that kind of thing. They're like closing their eyes or yeah. like looking away. Just being, you got to be in that moment. It's like a one and done pump, yeah. you know, yeah. like mechanical, that, right? That's sad, you know. But at the same time, sometimes that's just how it is. Like a guy comes home from work, he's exhausted. He's yeah. not trying to have a two-hour foreplay sexual yeah. thing. It's just he's horny. He wants to just put it in and get off, and that's yeah. it. Like and. When I'm dating someone, if that's the case sometimes, that doesn't bother me. Sure. Like I said, it's like, you know, a part of uh, the relationship is give and take and allowing the person to just sexually get off. Um, What I was going to say, though, too. uh, Oh, man, I spaced. Sorry, the, the yeah, it's the a lot. It's a lot of things. The elevator, of people, yeah. The elevators in and out. I just saw someone it's too that I knew. Oh yeah, it's, by. yeah. It's so much happening at the same time. It's a sensory overload. This whole thing. Yeah, but um, within porn. Oh, now I remember. Within porn, I've shot the the idea of shock value. Yes. Plays into part two because right. there's a lot of things that people watch in porn. It's just shock. Yeah, that that really was just made to. Pull in viewers right. and to entice people and comedy to too. Oh, totally. And earlier on in my career, like I, um, 
he did shoot a lot of shock stuff. Yes, you know, and things that maybe now so it's not completely great to see, you know, and people often bring it up. Oh, interesting. First thing, you know, especially like the more the more rough scenes that I did. Um, And a lot of people forget to separate fantasy from reality. Sure. You know, like they see these porn stars and they think, oh, they must be like this in real life right, just right, right. because, you know, they're face fucking on camera. Right. And really, that's not the case. That like, might not be your favorite thing. Right. No, it's not at all. I mean, in all honesty, I actually consider myself pretty vanilla. Yeah. Like off camera yeah. and in my private life. Like I like to cuddle and, yeah. and kiss and be sensual. Yeah. And, you know, on camera that that doesn't really come over well because. A lot of people don't really want to watch that. Somebody, uh, the, yeah, the, over the years has always been somebody who, like every, you know, every couple, you know, shows I run into the the person whose whose idea of a premise of a, of a thing is this porn for women, which is like either just like handing women diamond rings or like <laughs> s- or this like slow sort of like non penetrative like just make out sessions or whatever. This like Christian porn kind of thing. Um, yeah, like. The notebook, yeah, but extended, right, you know, right, into right. Yeah, and actual people don't really sex. And, and yeah, that's the thing is that like is was like that sounds great, but who would want to watch that? <laughs> Everybody wants to experience that, but nobody wants to watch that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, and so that's why I I tried to do as many different scenes as I could while shooting. I mean, like for instance, yeah. I also shot a lot of anal sure. throughout my porn career, but in all honesty, like I don't really care too much about anal yeah. like it doesn't really do anything for yeah. me like i can do it i can handle it sure but it doesn't really get me off but yeah. if if my partner say is it loves anal then it's like okay like yeah. i'm willing to do that for sure. him if that makes him happy yeah there is an interesting i have found this that that there are people whose whose specialty is the thing they don't they don't uh perpetrate in their in their d- daily lives which is yeah. just an interesting, which is uh, that, but that's also that's a little bit of like trying to keep the thing sane, you know, like the trying to keep yourself sane is like because you do that thing there, then that's now the not doing the thing becomes the special part, right? Yeah. So it's like it becomes that kind of aspect, and that's that's how I feel. That's how I feel with comedy and the thing and the and the spotlight. I've been trying to figure out the, you know, the fact that I have to do the the posts on the Instagram, on the Twitter, and things like that. What makes it difficult then to be in a relationship or with uh, people in your life because I don't want to put those people on on those things. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to put, if I'm dating a girl, I don't want to put her on Instagram because my post before that was about the podcast or whatever. So it's like, this one little private thing is for me. Yeah. And that's a hard one because it's, it's like counterintuitive. It's like, why are you hiding me? But it's like, no, like, you're so special to me that I don't want anybody else to, s- to like see, you know what I mean? Totally. In a, in a way, like, you're my thing. Yeah, I completely get that. And, and I feel that this the past 10 20 years as social media really yeah. has taken precedent in how people yeah. make their careers cuz let's face it if if you want to be a successful entertainer yeah. unfortunately you have to have a presence Shaquille on social O'Neal media O'Neal announced his basketball retirement on Twitter Really? Yeah, like 10 years ago, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's just how it is now. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of sucks in a way, but like e- even like I- musically like if you know, say you're a band and you're trying to get a gig at a yeah. venue. A venue is going to... They look at your social media first. Yes. And if, say, they're choosing between one band right. that has 50,000 followers and, and one band that has 
Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna go with the other one band. million followers. Basically, you get to do whatever you want in today's society. This is what's this is what's insane. It is. And this is how this is how they cast most of the television programs now, where they put comedians, is they see what their social media following is. And so it's it's tough as as comedian performers who put twelve years, thirteen years, twenty years into their thing, and a guy who started twenty years in comedy, uh, he doesn't know anything about fucking Twitter. So it's like. The that guy who I would trust on stage implicitly with a, every instinct, versus the guy who's 22 and who's made a couple videos. They give him the show, and I'm going. But this guy is you don't understand. He's a legend, right? Right. And so this guy, you know, gets gets to be in a position maybe that he shouldn't be in because of social media. It's a it's a, but it, it's but it, you know that's that's the business that we're in. So it's I know it's a catch 22, yeah. and it's it's sad, but it's it's like that in porn. Yeah. It's like that in music. For it's sure. It's like that with any entertainment industry because. The more presence you have, the more people you can reach, and yes. people realize that. This is what this is what I found interesting. Now that I've been doing the podcast, it's like th- this is the, uh, there's only I only have certain metrics to decide whether somebody how how what their 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 standing is in the industry. And and so initially, uh, when you watch porn, you you know whoever you're attracted to, you're like, oh, that's the fucking James Dean of porn. And then you know maybe you'll go to the social media and you're like, oh, well they don't have as many followers as this person. So you're like, now you're trying to like figure out what the you know how to rate the system of who's popular and whatnot and what was interesting for me was to go to exotica and then see the porn stars interacting with other ones because then you can see who actually has respect in the industry yeah and sometimes that's nothing to do with any of those other factors it has nothing to do with what i think that their videos are doing and that has nothing to do with their twitter following so there's there's like an there's an extra you know x factor and we get but we have to we have to try to slam them all together and figure out what's the most important yeah, I agree. And, you know, a big reason when I decided to kind of get into porn was because I realized that it was it was a way for me to develop a following quicker than sure. if I just decided to pursue music alone. Sure. And sometimes I've gotten crap for people in the music industry saying, well, you know, you got into porn. You're kind of a sellout in a right. way because you should have just went with music. And I said, well, honestly, I had the opportunity to do it. Yeah. So why not combine the both? Right. You know, that's like saying someone can't do multiple things right. in their that's life. Ha- that's just some hater energy. Yeah. And that's so, you know, I never let that bother me, but that does happen sometimes. Yeah. There's certain musicians that won't take me seriously because right. they see that the lens of porn. Yeah. You know, and, and likewise in the porn industry, there's a lot of companies or producers that realize, you know, porn's not really my passion or my main thing. Right. And they want a porn star that's, all about that yeah and that's fine but i'll never be that you yeah. know i'll never just be a porn star like that uh, that's not how i really identify right. myself i just i see myself as someone that does porn as a job yeah you know and i never wanted to do it too much because if i kept shooting the way i had a couple of years ago when i was first building my the name, yeah i, I would have burnt out yeah. really quick so yeah. i really tried to pace myself and to do it in small doses and yeah. I, I think that's the best approach but I guess it depends, like, what you're going for in sure. life, too, you know? Well, and, and it's interesting, because like, what you said, you know, as far as with the music and whatnot, this is, this, I'm finding that people are trying to do this crossover with comedy now. There's there's plenty of uh, ex-porn stars and current porn stars who are now getting into the comedy market because they've been able to cultivate a following, and it's the same thing. So it's like they get a, a side door into comedy. They get to walk, you know, uh, backstage because they, j- they, they look at their social media following. And so they get a lot of opportunities, and nothing against them. If they if they love comedy, f- all for it. Uh, but it's just an interesting spot to be in, where basically you can 
follow by your way into a lot of other entertainment jobs this day and age yeah absolutely but then again you know like i kind of brought up sometimes it's it's bittersweet double-edged sword just because even if you have a huge following from porn and you want to cross over which a lot of girls end up doing because let's face it you're not going to be able to do porn your whole life or you know if you do it's just harder to find work and then you'll have to kind of start going into different categories like i'm being a mill for sure whatever but um a lot of times say like i know some porn stars that wanted to get into real estate right and you could be super intelligent have the right credentials but sometimes people will look at you a certain way right. and because there's this stigma around right. it or they won't take you seriously just right. because and, and the crossover might not be clear just because somebody loved you in porn doesn't mean they're gonna love you in comedy or yes. whatever the thing yeah and sometimes fans are kind of disrespectful I mean, sure. not to say that there's a lot of amazing fans and we wouldn't be anything without our right. fans right yeah but a lot of times fans they'll say no you know keep shooting or i miss you doing porn you yeah, know and there's like, an objectification of because that's what that's how they see you yes and i mean let's face it <laughs> once you're naked on the internet yeah. and doing things on the internet anyone for the rest of your life yeah. can see that right and a lot of people forget that that is with you forever sure sure you know and yeah i have heard some stories recently of some people and uh, no names but th- that are trying to get out of the the shadow of what they were involved in and and you know i, I think i think we're as close as we've ever been to being able to use the the skill set and the followers that you created from the one industry and carry them over in the past you definitely like had to like you know, if you were doing porn in the 70s and then you wanted to go work in corporate, whatever, you had to hide everything. You know what I mean? If there was people, there have been people in the last uh, 15, 20 years that have lost teaching jobs because the one video came, you know, came from nowhere. But we're, we're getting closer to, to lowering the stigma and but being proud of what you've done. And being able to utilize it and be in control of your message. I mean, if anything, if anything we get learning from, from Donald Trump is as long as you're in control of your message, they can't really squash you. Uh, not to say that I'm for Donald Trump in any way, but being able to cultivate the thing that you're involved in and not hide behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Has a value. And, you know, you have to understand your self-worth. And as long as you're confident in what you're doing, it doesn't really matter what people think. Yeah. You know, I mean, beginning of my porn career, I was very frustrated and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do but I realized at a certain point I could either embrace it yeah. and let it be a part of who I am or what try to hide it sure you right know? yeah you, you you can't hide it it's like that's the that's the opposite of the goal of what you're trying to do is you, you're not trying to quietly be in the industry you want to you want to make a splash you want to make an impact and you want to cultivate that that side of it so you know you go go all in and just make sure that you're that you have the level of understanding of what you're doing and yeah. the control that you need. And that's honestly the worst feeling in the world when someone does something and then they have to, they feel like they have to hide it yeah. or, and then they can't let it right. be a part of their lives when they know they didn't really do anything wrong. Right, right. It's just socially, a lot of people, they don't understand it. Across or the board, not even, not even talking about porn. People would say to me when I first started on comedy, I can't believe you said that in front of your mother. And I said, well, that's my mother. And the reason why I'm saying this has a lot to do with the way that she raised me. So, of course, I'm going to do these jokes in front of my mother. And I had a girlfriend in college who was a huge drinker, loved drinking. It was like her identity. And then I found out that she was hiding this from her parents. And it blew my mind. 
It's like you love drinking. What do you mean you would never drink in front of your parents? That's literally who you are. Yep. Uh, so it's just an interesting. It's the same thing. It, go, it goes to speaking to this idea that we need to know who we are. We need to understand ourselves. Be able to be alone with ourselves and look in the mirror and go, look, you fuck. This is what you do. Yeah. There's exactly. nothing wrong with that. Whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, similar to just what you were saying, I'm I'm friends with a. I'm not gonna say a name, but sure. Um, I'm friends with a successful comedian, and we've had this conversation before about how comedy and porn are very much hand in hand. I think they go hand in hand. I think it's the same size. This is why I started the podcast. I think they go, I think the same size industry. I think it's uh, the level of familiarity is the same. I think the level of uh, uh, exploitation is the same. Yes. And also there's a huge level of vulnerability. Sure. You're putting yourself out sure. there. All right. Maybe not porn. You're not on stage. Yeah. But you're putting yourself on a platform. But if a comedian has a small dick, he'll talk about it on stage. If yeah. a comedian has a thing wrong with him, he'll talk about it on stage. Exactly. And uh, I, Amy I Schumer got really famous when she first started. She really started opening up and said, Look, I have herpes. You're just working into a joke. It's like you, there's a vulnerability that you have to give these people yeah. for it to have a real impact. And then more people can relate. Right. There, there's this podcast, TED Talk. Sure. And uh, there's this one episode about comedy. And how a lot of comedians, they often, like you just said, they'll expose their most vulnerable insecurities. Yeah. Because once they get that out there, people can kind of look at them. They can relate. You know, they realize this is who I am. Like, I have nothing yeah. to hide. You and know, not even that. There's a catharsis to it. My grandfather ha had Alzheimer's and the whole family was having trouble dealing with it. And I made it my mission in the last year to write an Alzheimer's joke that will that will get a laugh in every part of the world. And every time I tell it on stage, I feel like I'm honoring my grandfather. And because it's something that was hurting me and hurting my family. And the only way for me to, 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 to grab a hold of that and own that moment was to write the joke. And perfect the joke and make fucking hundreds of people on board with this idea. Did it cause any controversy? No. I fucking actually, uh, th this is uh, just weird and timely, but the, yesterday I was at my grandfather's funeral and I talked about how I, I'd been working on this joke. And I finished, up from in my, in my head, I finished the joke. Uh, four days before he died. And it was just, it was random. But um, after, but I found out the day that he died and uh, I was in South Africa. I couldn't fucking do anything. I couldn't get anywhere. It takes me two days to get back. And uh, I th th my first thing I want to do is get on stage and tell that fucking joke. And I told a joke and I made a room full of people laugh at this idea of, of Alzheimer's. I'm not going to do the joke for you, but this idea of Alzheimer's and what it means to him and to my grandma and to their relationship, that's the, the, the thing I'm playing with. Um, and without that outlet, I... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it would have hit me way harder. I don't know how I would have handled it. Yeah. Well, that's really awesome that you did that just because I think a lot of times people help. They heal themselves with comedic release. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, even in sad movies, sometimes, you know, they'll add tidbits of comedy just yeah. because it allows people to feel a little bit better about the situation, you know. And that was another thing that they brought up on the TED Talks, you know, just... You know, you, you go into a hospital and a little kid is dying. Like, what is going to make the kid feel good? Talking about right. his present condition right. or Being making Being the Jewish laugh. mother, right? Just talking about how bad it's going to be. And complaining. Yeah. yeah or, or laugh and, yeah. and try to make the best of the situation. Like, what else are we going to do? Right. You know? Right. Um, which, is, which is what I feel like you guys are doing for sexuality. Is you're putting it on uh, out there, and you're 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 breaking it apart, and you're saying this is healthy, and this is something that we should all be dealing with. Exactly. Instead of just people, you know, keeping it to themselves yeah. and not 
expressing themselves yeah. and not understanding what they want, you know, or what they need sexually. It's like, oh, hey, you know, all these porn stars, they're, they're doing this. And yeah. They're well, my interest in porn, it. as much as it is, uh, uh, my interest in comedy is all about honesty. I don't, un- I c- I've never been able to understand why people lie. Um, Shame. Personally. Sure. Shame. A lot but of it oh, is they shame. They lie about everything. <laughs> you know, they, they, t- they try to put their best foot forward. They try to do all these things that are just aren't true. And it's just like, no, just just live the thing. And then you don't have to lie about it. Yeah. Well, a lot of people just don't want to admit things sure. that they're into or they're insecure. Right. You know, and right. like it said, it brings up vulnerability. You know, yeah. it brings up aspects of their personality or things that they keep to themselves that they're afraid to admit it to other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree with all those things. Well, look, uh, you, you've been a wonderful guest. I, I appreciate you doing the podcast. Let's, let's have you plug all of your things uh, for social media. Uh, what's your Instagram? What's your Twitter? What, what things are you involved in? It's um, Twitter and Instagram handles Felicity X Feline. Um, and then my website blog is officialfelicityfeline.com. And, and, and I apologize. Cause I really wanted to get into the, the nutrition aspect of things. I wanted to get into the musical aspect of things. We didn't touch on those as much uh, as, as we could have. So f- musically, uh, uh, same site, same same place? Yeah. Check out all of her music. Check out all the things that are happening. Uh, she's a very um, fully faceted individual um, who can speak on many things and and you know uh, if you enjoy what uh, the the porn aspect of things if that's how you found her check out the other stuff just like if you saw us on uh, on iTunes or uh, Google Play we're on the other thing we got some YouTube content from today we try to bring you good content uh, weekly uh, thank you again to my guest Felicity Feline thank You're you awesome uh, give her a follow thank you guys for listening